Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, I think anybody who combines peppermint and chocolate should be in jail. Um, when you throw them all in I the gulag. Um... No, but like that's basically really. a crime against humanity. Nobody should do that. Like peppermint sucks it's so bad. Just as it is just as good of a combination as peanut butter and chocolate. That's no. It's as it good occupies. Of a, it, no, it occupies the same exact space. It's as good of a combination as orange and chocolate. Uh, in that British people love both. What? And they're no, that's just also, as nasty. Like, that is also just as good as peanut butter and chocolate. What it's are you terrible. talking about? Those chocolate go... oranges that you get on Christmas and you smack it against the table and it makes you no. feel powerful and, and strong and Awful. virile. You should go live on Turf Island over there if you love it so much. <laughs> Buddy up with J.K. Rowling. Tell her how much you <coughs> how much you love orange <laughs> chocolate and uh, peppermint. Anyway, we got like a, a foot of snow here, so this is cool. Everything's cool, everything's great. How are you doing? Wow, way to out yourself as living in Texas. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Ayo. Oh, God. Everything seems to be going great down there. Oh, Meanwhile, sure. over here where I'm at, it's still like 70 degrees. So Yeah, well, we didn't get like it all at once. There, there was still quite a bit left over from the last time it snowed. Yeah. And so wow. that plus the drifting and everything basically means uh, I get to go shovel stuff later today. <clears throat> I was, I had mentioned this on Twitter recently, I remember going through like blizzards when I lived out in like the Midwest, and I was maybe 15 years old, I saw the end of Evangelion for the first time, didn't watch the rest of the series before that, I just went in fresh to the end of Ava, Sure. and after that, I had to shovel my dad's car out of the driveway, and I had a lot to think about while I did that. Yeah. I mean, you were just thinking you like, oh, oh, this is what was on Shinji's hand. This explains a lot. <laughs> I was I was thinking a lot about like what led this young boy to coming all over his hands. I need the rest of this character arc. I don't understand. Like, how do we end up here? Mm. Powerful way to start Evangelion for the first time is Shinji coming all over his hands. You ever uh, like did, that? That being your intro to that series. Did you see the trailer for Shin Ultraman? By the way. Uh yeah yes. Looking forward to that. Hideaki Anno actually is pretty good When he's not chained to like Microscopic budgets and animation teams Who don't know what they're doing Yes, Shin Godzilla was great Yeah uh, Anyway uh, No news <laughs> Alright, now that's yep. out of my system um, Great <laughs> Hey, speaking of visionary directors Untethered by low budgets and studio interference. That Zack Snyder thing is almost out. It's like a it month now. 
We live in a society, Larry. I said it. I said the famous Joker line. Yeah, the iconic Joker line. Yeah. A thing that the Joker said and nobody else. Yeah. Um, that. I still like how they made it look like he just ate a big plate of, like, pasta, but he wasn't allowed to, like, use his hands or anything, so it's just smeared all over his mouth. Yeah. I like how he's got, like, little scars around, so it looks like he's just sort of starting on the renegade path in Mass Effect. <laughs> there are people, like, I, I saw some article, I think it was on IGN, that was just like, is Joker and Batman teaming up in Zack Snyder's Justice League? And, like, I bet he's on the screen for, like, at most five minutes. Yes, and they're, well, that's very generous. Also, they're not going to share any actual scenes together. Yeah. I'm sorry, I mean, like, Zack Snyder five minutes, so it's probably closer to, like, half an hour. Yeah, all slow-mo, all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's all in 4 yeah. and black and white, so, and it's playing on IMAX. I thought that was coming out this week, and that turned Me out... Me too. Oh, it was just the trailer that he was hyping. Come on, shut yeah. up. Yeah, I was in the same boat with you, thinking that, that, that this was the week of... Uh, I am getting pushed more and more towards wanting to see it, though. Like, I know I've been pretty vocal about, like, I do not give a shit about Justice League or Zack Snyder. You have been more of, like, I need to see how much of a disaster this is. Yeah. And I'm starting to, like, lean in the same direction of you. Oh, yeah, because I never saw like, the theatrical one, so I want to just see this pure, unquote, unfiltered, ver like, vision of what he wanted, even though it's not actually going to be anything like what he wanted, but he's going to say it is. Yeah. No, this was all totally done. It was in the Zack Snyder vault. Yeah. It was always ready to go. The, the, the Snyder Cut existed. Release the Snyder Cut. All you have to do is release it. It's right there. Yeah. I just, uh, all I need is the studio to give me the green light, and I can put it out. It's all done. Uh, yeah, like, I, my, at my this favorite point, part, I was... by the way, of all of this is the whole, like, the aspect ratio thing of him saying, like, well, see, I shot an IMAX, so that's how I want it to be seen in that aspect ratio, when it's clearly, like, that way they don't have to bother reframing everything. Hell yeah. Just open yes. mat. Who cares? Put it yeah. out there. Uh, I I kind of get the feeling this is going to be, like, branded to kill. No. Which is, uh, <laughs> it, it will be completely unwatchable, but it will be fascinating that it exists at all. I guess in that way, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, like I, I, I think wish Hollywood story... would blacklist Zack Snyder for making incomprehensible garbage. But just bring bring back the communist blacklist and put Zack Snyder's name. He's the only one. I mean, it's basically what uh, happened to Gina Carano. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. <laughs> oh, sure. I can't believe they literally sent her to a concentration camp. That's the most fucked up part about that whole thing. Yeah. Well, what else are you um, going to do? Show up to work and pretend nobody fired you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crawl in through the vent. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm almost expecting a branded to kill thing in the, in the sense that uh, I think the story of the Snyder cut existing at all is really interesting to me i bet the movie is fucking terrible but to at me, this point i kind of need to see how terrible it actually is to me that's just the culmination of like fan entitlement that started with mass effect yes. 3 ending getting changed 
Yeah, it is an extension of the Sonic movie thing of people shouting to to change well, the model in the in the studio caving. They were right about that. If you wanted to make though. the connection to, well, yes, true. But it's the same sort of like you know, oh, we're empowered. We did it. We affected a change. Now let's do it with this shitty Justice League movie that is still going to be bad, even though we're getting four hours of it now. I think it also probably doesn't hurt that all that stuff about Joss Whedon is coming out now again, yeah, I guess. Sure. Because like that seems like it happens every year or so, mm-hmm. and then people forget about it again. Yeah, it is, uh, it is one of those things. Of This has been known for a while, but people rediscover it every couple of years. It just makes me feel like that I never liked new. Joss Whedon to begin with, and I just always no, found him either. obnoxious. Like Avengers yeah. was like the one thing of his that I thought was all right. Yeah, Avengers was good. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, you going to see the Snyder Cut the day it comes out? I don't know. It depends you on when it be comes there out. On the minute. Well, no. Who could really say? No, because I'm going to watch I mean, it it's... while I'm at work. I'm not going to like spend my time at home that I could be doing other things. Watching the Snyder yeah. Cut. Look, it's done. It's been done. Yeah, we are sh- only waiting the for picture the picture of the film cans. It's all in there. That's that's right. We are just waiting for the moment that Zack Snyder feels it comports with his artistic vision to release it to the public. That that's all we've been waiting on for the last. Larry, how many years has it been now? It actually hasn't been that long. It's been like two or three. Oh. I don't know, two or three years is a long time Yeah, but in movie terms It's not a whole lot Yeah, sure I um, oh. I still think it's really funny How apparently Snyder just went into the editing bay And like fiddled with all the knobs and everything To make the movie look like crap <laughs> He's just like, contrast all the way up Bloom effects, just make this look like total garbage Sure, well you learn those programs by messing around in them, Larry Yeah, I know it, <laughs> It's like, they compare the shots from the Snyder one to the Whedon one And, like, I guess, like, the shots from the Whedon one are worse But they still look better, like, in terms of image quality Because they aren't all yeah. blown out Yeah Looks like, like, Zack Snyder was watching these on a TV with a broken HDR setting And so, like, that's how it came out Oh, he's got my Hisense? Yeah, exactly. Oh. What the hell is Zack Snyder doing in my house? I don't know. You invited him. He's just him. like one of those, he's one of those squatters. Like yeah. I've set up a camera in the middle of the night, he crawls out of like a, a little crawl space in the closet, and then like goes into my room and edits Justice League. Mm-hmm. It's like when you set up those cameras to watch raccoons or something. Yeah. It's the same thing. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. He's not you ever actually anybody. watched those those like in home camera like clips of like homeless squatters inside of homes that are already being occupied? No. Oh, they're terrifying. I bet. Yeah, there's one of just this gangly woman crawling out of a crawl space and then getting into this guy's fridge and like quickly eating a bunch of food and then scurrying back into the crawl space. Well, that's just Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here, Marguerite. Uh, <laughs> So the dual sense yeah, what about controller. It? Apparently, some people are filing a class action lawsuit over it because it has drift. Mm, that's not surprising. And Sony knows about it, and they won't do anything about it. 
uh, even though I'm pretty sure the drift issues with the DualSense are software-based because I've seen a lot of people have success in just doing a reset of the controller to fix it. I'm not sure. I'm starting to wonder if mine does have an issue with the D-pad. Um, because when mm. playing Mortal Kombat, um, I'm getting a lot of diagonal inputs when I feel like I should not be. Although, wow. that that could just... Like it could just be the D-pad in general It's not necessarily like an issue with mine in particular I think it's yeah, just like possible. because of the kind of mushiness of it Which you say yours is clicky Which I don't believe Because I've seen no evidence that anybody's is actually clicky uh, mine, mine feels more firm than mushy Maybe I won the dual sense lottery Maybe I just got a really good one Maybe yours is bad Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe mine is bad, but it's bad in a way that it kind of like makes exactly. it good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I better hope that I never have to replace that controller then, because like the way that you describe your DualSense feeling sounds awful. Everything else about is fine, and the D-pad's fine if you're not like playing a fighting game. But yeah, it's not good. I would say. I don't know that I would really want to play a fighting game with that D-pad anyway, though. Like, I, I would want something closer to, like, a jet... That's one of the rare cases where, like, the circular D-pad is preferred for me. Why? Like, the Genesis, c- kind of like a D-pad or, you know, a better version of the Xbox 360 D-pad. I think just because you get a better, like, rotation on those. No. Disagree. I feel like I do. I want those. Oh. Uh, like the the Xbox Series X D-pad is circular, but it still feels like the uh, Xbox One D-pad. Like it has the very mm-hmm. defined directions. It's super clicky, which is nice. Anyway. I, if I'm really trying to get into a fighting game, though, will probably just like hook up a like an actual arcade stick because I it's, still have mine. Yeah, I still have mine I, too. I just can't get used to using it. That's something that oh, needs a I, learning curve, and I don't want to stick with it long enough to deal with that. I, when I was getting way into fighting games, like through MAME, just like a lot of the SNK stuff, like I would just use that. So I feel like I've kind of acclimated to it, mm-hmm. just from as much of that as I played. So I didn't do it though with Battle for the Grid. I was just fine using the analog stick for that. But if I were player playing something like Mortal Kombat, like I'd probably just bust that thing out. Yeah, I mean, I even got to the point where I opened mine up and got an octa- uh, octagonal gate to put in it because um I don't like square gates for joysticks at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm using an octagonal one as well. Yeah. But those are like if you really are going to play a lot of old arcade games, I would really suggest just buying one of those in general. They are way way worth it. You can find like decent ones that are not too expensive too. Yeah, I guess like, so. I think mine cost like maybe sixty bucks. It was pretty highly rated, so mine was more than that. I got the Hori Rap Four, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but I got that on sale from Fry's Electronics. It was actually a pretty good deal. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I just can't get used to arcade sticks. Rest in peace, Fry's. Did the, did Fry's Electronics die? I think, yeah I don't think they're in business anymore I don't think that's true I think they're still around I I remember Sam Goody I remember, <laughs> okay. I remember being 
here's my old man story for the day. I remember when I was like 16 or 17, I was in a Sam Goody and they had hentai there. And I was like, I think I'm going to try to buy the hentai. I think I'm going to do it. Just picked up this little like hentai disc and I went up to the front counter and tried to buy it. And the guy asked to see it and I didn't know what the fuck to do. So I just like ran out of there. I just like left the disc on the counter and I just like bolted for it. That's my Sam Goody story. I'm 45 years old. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Fry's Electronics is still around, by the way. Okay, good. Thing is, they just don't have that many stores, but they never did. Yeah. I do remember going to a Fry's, though, uh, in Vegas, and it was, like, largely cleared out, and I thought that maybe Fry's in general was going out of business, but it was probably just that one. Uh, maybe anyway, I've only been to one in lawsuit. person once because uh, it was in Indianapolis and I've only been to mm-hmm. Indianapolis I think like twice um, and but fries I mean, you're not was, missing anything I know but fries is uh, where I got my Lupin the third like movie box sets which are Ooh. like you cannot find anywhere now for any reasonable price yeah they still sell like the uh the Lupin show, the the one that was on like Adult Swim in a yeah. box up. Uh, Is that easily ooh. available? Wait, which one? The 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 red, red jacket? jacket. Yes. Yeah. Although okay. the the box sets are like expensive for DVDs. Oh. Right. Like Joe Biden, give me my money and I'll buy the Lupin. Joe Biden plays Mario Kart. That's the segue into the next news story. Joe Biden loves Mario Kart. Which makes sense because Mario Kart's a bad game. He, he had that's that Animal it. Crossing island. Oh, he did. I remember seeing like Harris Biden stuff show up in Animal Crossing. I just thought that was a bunch of other like weirdos. No, that was an official thing. Ah. Uh. Oh no. Yeah. You know what? Everyone who said keep politics out of video games, I think they might have been right. Transitioning Fuck. to Six Days in Fallujah It's back <laughs> Finally Oh good Finallyfallujah.com uh, You know I was like It's been a while since the last CIA PSYOP I guess you know, <laughs> yeah. Kind of in the mood for one again uh, Fucking hell Yes it's a remake right They're just doing I They're remaking know. the game Or is it like a sequel thing I did not like read too much about that I I would guess that it is the same game that they are like basically just updating the assets in, so I bet it's gonna be real good. <laughs> when did that come out originally? Was that like it uh, never came oh, out? It didn't. I thought that was available. No, it got canceled. That's the whole point. Oh, okay. It's been a long time since I have heard about or thought about Six Days in Fallujah. Yeah. It it was uh like two thousand eight I think. Okay, that's still about where I would have guessed it coming out. But yeah, then I wonder if they just update the assets and then push that thing out there. But man, man. Anyway, they say it's not going to be political, so there's nothing to <laughs> <Okay>. worry about. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I believe that. Just make this Look, game. The CIA about... said it won't be political. I'm sure they're telling the truth. They're the CIA. Come on. Right. Uh, 
very trustworthy, those guys. Nothing political, political about this game where you're playing as U.S. soldiers who dropped white phosphorus on uh, Iraqi civilians. It's fine. They just wanted to bring winter to Iraq. Mm. It was a Christmas miracle that they were working. Come on, Larry. What in the world are we talking about? The white phosphorus. They just drop it in like snow. They give them an artificial Christmas. Okay. I don't don't know, man. You don't know what white phosphorus is, I guess. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I don't. It's fire. Oh, okay. Basically napalm, kind of. It just said fire. I don't know why everyone has to say white phosphorus, just say fire. Well, because it's a specific chemical that is banned uh, from use as a weapon. Banned by who? You never played Spec Ops The Line? No. You should. No, that's white I, phosphorus yes, part I should. That. Like, yeah, that's basically I've... like what this game should be, like under any reasonable yeah. person making it. And instead, it's not going to do that. It's just going to be like, yeah, we were the good guys. We won. Yeah. Mission accomplished. People I saw like, the sign. People like to ascribe like political leanings to Call of Duty. I think most of the time it's just so dumb and fictionalized that, that there's like yeah. no actual like relevance to real world politics. Until you get to it, the recent Cold War one, which is bizarrely pro Reagan. Um Sure. It, I think that Saying stuff like Call of Duty is very political is on the same level as saying that wrestling is an actual sport. Basically, yeah. Like, I, I guess, like it's kind of there a little bit, but also it is, as you said, it's so over the top that it's hard to take any of that stuff too seriously. I think, and if you are thing... taking it very seriously, then you're just a ridiculous person. Well, the thing with Call of Duty is that anything where you're playing as like troops and you're going in and shooting the bad guys and stuff, there's going to be something to that no matter what. But yeah. I think the people making them are too dumb to actually try to put any sort of like real agenda behind it is the main yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, remember Larry, no Russian. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Remember, people get really freaked out about that, dude. Yeah. I mean, the best part of the game, though. (laughs) I mean, the best part of the game. I had a great time. It feels real good mowing people down (laughs) with a heavy machine gun. The best part about that level, though, is that it's completely pointless. Like, that's what people seem to forget about it, is that at the end of it, like, they know that your dude is undercover and just shoot him anyway, and then they just use that to frame the U.S. for this. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, last news story here. Okay. It's probably in the news on a positive note instead of all this like bleak shit about, you know, Fallujah and Zack Snyder being able to make movies. Yeah. Uh, Remedy doubles operating profit in 2020 Woo. despite not releasing any games in 2020. So, okay. congratulations to Remedy. Like, Wait. that's. Didn't I think they're still profiting off of Control, but they didn't release Control in 2020. I know that. Didn't that Crossfire game come out? Uh, I don't think so. Like they, Not in 20... they, they like co-developed. Well, I mean, it was supposed wasn't it a Series X launch game or something. I'm not sure. 
I don't know. I, I don't know what the deal with that was anyway, because I thought that game was already out. It was like a free-to-play thing, but then they were putting new trailers out, and maybe it has a single-player element that was like co-developed with Remedy, I think. And maybe that I'm didn't sure. actually totally come out. I forgot about it. I mean, like, I completely forgot that that's reasonable exists. because it looked totally generic, and I couldn't really believe yeah. Remedy was even involved with it. But yeah. maybe that didn't actually come out last year. Well be that as it may or not like still doubling their operating profit is really good for remedy sure and that's good if you like remedy games because now they're going to have even more money to make their ridiculous video games with i do imagine all the fmvs they'll be able to afford now oh no yeah i mean it's gonna be quantum break part two hell yeah, actually, yes actually if they did that i would be into it <laughs> yeah the fmv stuff is the best part about remedy games some of the parts where you actually have to play them I'm not as crazy about yeah, Do the FMV stuff it's Alan Wake, I, I did not like any of the parts Where I played that video game But all the bits where I was watching cutscenes in that video game Were fantastic, so just, oh, just do that I liked playing Alan Wake They should start getting into making CG movies Like Square did Everything, That'll go great Yes <laughs> Get Dr. Darling his own like Spin-off movie Yeah, that's right yeah, I no, I did not like playing Alan Wake at all. You didn't like shining a light on a ghost train? No. No. Shooting flares sucked. at smoke hillbillies? No, terrible. But uh, the bits were like you just pal around with those like ZZ top looking dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And you but... just like you find a TV and it's playing some weird crap on it and it has like real people in it. Like that stuff was all fantastic. Like I like the story and everything of Alan Wake. I just don't I did not like the parts where I actually had to like play the game. The part where you watch uh like a late night talk show and Sam Lake is on it and he makes the Max Payne face. Yes. That stuff is <laughs> everything that I want out of Remedy. The bits where I have to shine flashlights on things, not so much. Ah. Uh. Um which are we just getting into what we're playing now? Because I well, think this kind of extends into some opinions I have about control. Did you want to talk about the upcoming news though? That has not happened yet. Mm, okay. Well, I'll, I will shelve this control thing for a little bit later in the podcast. Because I think this uh, we, would we still need to go get to... as part of news. Yeah, I, I guess I guess so. Um, Nintendo Direct is happening tomorrow, and you know, if you are a loyal listener of this podcast. Larry and I are just crazy head over heels about Nintendo. Love them. We can't, can't get, get enough. enough of them. Yep. Yeah. They're, I just, if I saw Miyamoto in public, I just, I'd start kissing them. Head to toe. It'd be we need like... to cut that from the podcast for legal reasons. I think that we need to consult with our lawyers before we put that out there. I just, no, make a cut right here. I'm Want just thinking. have us come back. I'm thinking of the part where Homer kisses Hans Molman and he says, it's like kissing a peanut. Yeah, Miyamoto's Hans Molman-esque. Yeah, in terms at of this appearance. point. Yeah. Looks like a baseball glove that got all the moisture sucked out of it. Uh, I think I've actually said that before. Um, I think so. Yeah, so there's a Nintendo Direct tomorrow. It's been a long time since there's been like a proper Nintendo Direct. There's been a lot of like the, uh, uh, here's third parties and they're kind of showing off their things, uh, which then weirdos keep like attaching unrealistic expectations to. And since we're weirdos and we have unrealistic expectations, we figured why not assign them to this actual Nintendo Direct? So we're going to try to predict what's going to be in it. 
And by the time this podcast is out, it will already be a known quantity. And so we'll either look foolish or very prophetic. Okay. I'm not sure which. Something to note here is that this is for games coming out in the first half of 2021, uh, which has yes. like three months left in it. So that's something so to So Breath of the Wild, remember. too, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so definitely. We're going to get a trailer of Metroid Prime 4. Uh-huh. It'll be all gameplay. Oh man, Bayonetta three. Yeah, no, they'll skip right to four. That's oh, how yeah, confident that, they are in right. Bayonetta. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. So my actual prediction, I guess I'll start us off, is I think we will get more of Shin Megami Tensei five. I don't think so. That's my big bold prediction. Okay, we will get a little bit more of that. My prediction, Xenoblade Chronicles X port for Switch Well, it's just never happening It's the only Wii U game left to port to Switch They'll never, never do that Also, Wind Waker HD And Twilight (laughs) Princess Probably both of them, like, together in one thing They will charge $60 I can see them doing Twilight Princess But for some reason withholding Wind Waker HD Even though that already exists yeah, yeah. If they like, put just Twilight seems like Princess a weird out choice, by itself for sixty dollars, also. Yeah. Like they yes. would maybe add like a little like mini game where you play as Midna, like Bowser's Fury style, and then use that to justify <laughs> like, oh, it's a new game. They'll include Link's crossbow training, and people will flip <laughs> the fuck out for it. Yeah. Now you're talking. <laughs> no, well, um, no, they would do that if they re-released uh, Skyward Sword. Did they do that? I thought that was it more associated with Skyward Sword. I thought it was more associated with Twilight Princess. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah, it was more Twilight Princess because it was like early Wii. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought they were still using the Twilight Princess like Link model. For uh, yeah, that. I think so. I was pretty sure. Um. Yeah. I've never played Twilight Princess, so if they did like an HD version of that, uh, I would probably just emulate it, like the regular version of the game. I would not pay sixty dollars for that. Come on, get out of here. The um, well, the nice thing is though the HD version did have a lot of quality of life improvements, similar to the Wind Waker one. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm joking. So... I would, I would probably actually, I would probably actually buy that. Um, I would not. I already have it on Wii U. I have the Wolf Link Amiibo that came with it. So I'm not going to buy that separately, that's for sure. I think... So they've already been up front that there's going to be more Smash shit inside of this thing, because of course... Yeah, it's going to take the only thing that Nintendo wants to. Yeah, it's all Nintendo wants to talk about, because that is perfectly... That, that, that is enough for Nintendo fans. You could just do a whole thing about Smash Brothers, and they'll be content in that. Um, so I, who, they'll probably announce like a new char- a new character for that thing. So I guess if we're doing predictions, who do you think would be the next character they would add to Smash Brothers? Captain Cisco. I was gonna say Nog. I think that they'll go and you know, Cisco's expected, right? Like everyone's oh, just yeah. anticipating Cisco. But Nintendo, they kind of go their own way, so I think that they would maybe do Nog and kind of like surprise everybody. With what that. if they did Constable Odo, but he's like Shang Tsung, where he can just transform into others? 
they would never do that. The rendering technology behind Odo, like liquefying and turning into something else, is just way too advanced for a Nintendo Switch. That's a good point. It couldn't handle like no. him turning into a hawk and flying around. No. You think he can just turn Odo into a dreidel on the Nintendo Switch and like have him spin around and not drop frames? Come on. Mm, good point. He was a top in that episode, technically not a dreidel, but I mean, uh, kind of the same thing. Okay. Kind of the same thing. What Dreadle has virtually Kirby... no cultural significance. I learned that from Gina Carano's Twitter feed. What happened if Kirby ate Odo? <laughs> the fuck is face up? <laughs> I don't even want to think about it, really. <laughs> he was... He eats Odo though when Odo is sick with the virus And so Kirby's face is like flaking and falling apart <laughs> I don't know if you've gotten that far yet or not No, but the okay. the lady changeling had that that time So okay. I yeah. figured it there, was going to come some, back There's some good, gross, like prosthetic work going on later on in that in that show With Odo and the changeling lady So Last one I watched was... Um, Man, it was such a bummer because it was a boring episode, but it was a follow up to the one I really liked with O'Brien like infiltrating yeah, the Orion Syndicate. I warned you. I know. I told you that episode is like the worst of that entire season. I don't know that's the worst, but it's real I, boring. I think it is just from the like. There's some pretty bad episodes in that season, but to me, that is the one that is just the most dull out of all of them. Yeah. Like, my eyes glazed over. I barely paid attention during it because, like, nothing about it gripped me at all. Like, the end it of is... it is all right when the brother, like, confesses to it, and then it's like, yeah, sure. you got 30 years for it. But, like, that's it. Like, the rest of that, yeah. just, like, nothing happens in it. It's also weird because they're they're doing character building for Dax at this point, and yeah. it's like he got maybe thirteen episodes left in this entire series. Like we don't really need all this backstory about her family. Yep. Nothing about that's going to come up again. Yeah, like a quarter of the episodes of this last season are about Ezri. It's like, yeah, okay. It just feels like a waste of time. It's it's honestly a little weird that they even like brought Dax back. They could have just left her dead, and it probably yep. would have been fine in like the grand scheme of things. Yep. Whatever. This isn't DS9 talk. This is Nintendo talk. Not yet. Uh, no, no. Um. So I think so. My next prediction. Hmm. Elden Ring. Debating if I want to go ridiculous or if I want to go like practical with this. Hmm. I think they could announce that uh, the Super Mario 3D All-Star stuff will go piecemeal on the eShop. I don't know like, they hey, do you that missed yet. your chance to buy these games. You can get them for fucking 30 bucks a piece. Well, they haven't run out yet, though, is the thing. Like That's like that's next true. month, and they're not going that's to tell true. you ahead of time. Okay, I'm going to revise this, but I'm still going to have it be about that Mario stuff. I think that they will have something in there that's just like, hey, time's running out. Make sure you get your copy today. Okay, sure. That'll happen. They'll probably do that with uh, the Mario 99 thing, too. Like, hey, remember to play this game. It's only here for a limited time. We we, uh, we added a blooper costume for Mario. I, I don't know. Fuck it. Nothing of value was lost. No, definitely not. Uh, 
Yeah, I think they'll do that. Um, they've already announced Super Nintendo games and, like, I think one NES game for the next, like, month. So I don't think they'll have anything about that. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, really, I don't even know what they could even have. I think Breath of the Wild 2 is, like, maybe the one thing that's possible. But if it's entirely stuff that's going to be for, like, what's remaining in the first half of the year, yeah. then I don't, I don't think Breath of the Wild is happening. Oh, a uh, new Pokemon Snap. They'll probably have stuff with that. Is that not out? That's still not out. That, that was <laughs> slated for the end of 2020, and it is still not out. Yeah. Of course it isn't. So... I, to be fair, like I don't think either of us knew how far along in development that was, so it's possible that COVID kind of fucked things up. But I feel like they announced that forever ago for 2020, and they've missed that mark. Yeah. And Nintendo is usually like better about that than most people. Yeah. Not people. It's a company. They're better about that than most companies. Corporations are people um, too, my friend. Well, you know, I mean, Mitt Romney is my senator, and is. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of Romneys here, Larry. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, I see more Romneys every day. They're multiplying out here. I got Romneys. They're multiplying and losing all control. <laughs> they're in they're in the walls. Uh-huh. You see that? A Romney um, crawls out with Zack Snyder in the middle of the night in my apartment. Did you see there's a Mountain Dew ad with Gizmo and Billy? What? Yeah. No? What? It's like for Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, it's Gizmo. He he gets Mountain Dew on him. He sprouts new uh, Mogwai. <gasps> Billy, I guess, like Mountain has a goth Mogwai? a goth daughter or something. Um, oh, I love everything about this. The the new Mogwai has like a V shaped mohawk on him. He looks cool. Anyway. Oh, I need to see this. I need to see this as soon as this podcast is done. <laughs> I'm surprised you weren't aware of the new. No, Gremlins I had no ad. idea. Yeah. Just makes the promise of a Gremlins three more real to me. You better not be fucking with me about this. There better be a Gremlins ad. Yeah, I made up that Billy has a goth daughter. I mean, you could. Yeah, I guess I, <laughs> I could. know you. I know what weird shit you could come up with that you could create of your own mind. <laughs> like Larry King, uh, yeah, that, Jeff Skeleton. Right. You didn't want you didn't want a podcast go host who can create things of his own mind. <laughs> <laughs> Mitt Romney strapping gremlins to the top of his car. <laughs> uh, uh, it's okay. a thing he did. Yeah, I know. Put the dogs on the top of the car. And he yeah. went to Canada. Right. Uh, National Lampoon's yeah. vacation style. Okay, so I feel we got all the practical predictions out of there. Let's just go with complete, completely ridiculous ones. Uh, I will start. They will add Nintendo 64 games as part of the Switch service, and the first one will be Donkey Kong 64. Switch Pro, Switch 2, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I still just... Switch that U. is a good, ridiculous one, because I still don't think that they will do a Pro version of that console at all. And I also feel that they are not ready to announce what the next thing will be. Yeah. I don't see them, like, even hinting that they're working on another thing by the end of this year. I no. think, like, maybe next year. No, see, the thing about Nintendo is that they have to wait until they're, like, halfway through another console generation so they can be as far behind as possible. Yes, and it is still too soon. 
to yeah. announce something new. And yeah, I just I don't see them doing a pro version of the console at all. So I did you watch the Digital Foundry stuff with Bowser's Fury? No. Okay. It was interesting to me because I think Bowser's Fury is is more than I was expecting it to be. Apparently it's a fairly lengthy thing. It's an open world Mario game and it's really good. Okay. Uh, but the amount of stuff it's doing is too much for the Nintendo Switch to handle and so it like gets real framey in in some places. So it it took me from like hearing a lot of good things about Bowser's Fury and being kind of like I don't know man maybe I spend the money and I end up picking up the Switch port of 3D Mar like Mario World and ah this looks pretty good actually to oh this will be fun when they do like an a updated version of this on whatever Nintendo's next console is because they yeah. almost certainly will uh I mean I think 3D like, World is probably the best 3D Mario game I absolutely think that it is yeah and they apparently they increased the speed in the game too so like you run and walk way faster than huh. you did in the original game and so as they were explaining in, in the DF video that in the original version of that game on the Wii U there really wasn't any reason to walk ever in that game you pretty much always held down the run button because yeah. walking was just glacial in this, by adjusting the speed, there's actually now more of a practical reason to walk when you need to be precise about your platforming or traversing a precarious area because it still has some speed behind it, but it's not as unwieldy as running. So they've they've given value to to each of those, to running and walking, that the original one did not have. I never walk in any Mario game. Always hold the run button down 100% of the time. I'm just imagining you playing the Switch port and dying constantly and going like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> plays terribly. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was neat that they increased the speed. I was expecting them to just kind of like not change anything about the game at all. Yeah, so that is kind the fact of that they, Yeah, they thought about something when porting that thing over. Uh, but yeah, Bowser's Fury apparently is a way different than what I was thinking it was and it seems really interesting and it seems like it has a decent length behind it and so that started getting me to think that maybe 60 bucks for that port maybe isn't that bad of a deal considering how much there is to Bowser's Fury you heard uh, it here from but George it, Brundle Bowser has a good length behind it <laughs> that's right girthy too which mm -hmm. is also important but yes well, uh, e even just speaking of like the original game even if it was just that, that's still a better yeah. value proposition than, for example, Pikmin oh, yeah. 3. Yeah, I thought you were going to say 3D All-Stars, which also is that a better too. value proposition. Um, yeah, I I kind of want to play that game again, but my Wii U is hooked up, so I don't need to pay 60 bucks, I guess. And like I said, there's uh, some performance issues with the Bowser's Fury stuff, and if they port that to another system down the line, which I think they will, like that's probably when I will jump on that thing. But like as a proof of concept for what like a, a new 3D Mario game could be, it's very interesting to me. Uh, more so than just doing the same collectathon shit that they keep going back to. Like I'm way more invested in what uh, 3D World did. And so doing that, but having it be in this open world is is super interesting to me. I want more of that. How is it different from like Odyssey? Well, you're in, 
so you're still like collecting these items and everything, but my understanding is it's not like you have to basically go do these little side missions and mini games to get the stuff. It's still like you're running through a level, and at the end of the level, here's a thing that you pick up. Oh, so like, it's it like still Donkey has Kong 64. More... No, because that's all mini games. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think Mario has to race a bug down a slide. That's an important distinction to make. No, only Link does that. In Twilight Princess. No, like I, I think it's basically that the so imagine like the different worlds that exist in 3D World. Those all just exist in the in the overworld, and you can freely travel to them, and then you just run through those levels. But they just kind of exist out there. Okay. There's no just, I'm popping into the level, here I am, I play this thing, I'm done, I pop back out to the map. It's just, they all exist in this interconnected world. Uh, it's just like Dark Souls, really. Oh, sure. I mean, it's <laughs> like Dark Souls 2, from what I understand. Where you got, like, the hub world, and it kind of all comes off of that, mm -hmm. right? I don't think there's a hub world, is a thing. What? You're just kind of thrown into it. Yeah. Oh, I was expecting it was like a, like a Hyrule field type thing. With all the levels surrounding it You're in like an ocean And all the levels just kind of exist As these islands out in the ocean Oh so it's like Wind Waker Yeah 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 Except now I'm interested. like When you get enough of like This game's version of shine sprites or whatever You turn into a giant cat Mario And then you have a kaiju battle with Bowser And then like all the levels Still exist out there in the ocean But now they're like geometry that you can kind of Hide behind It's Super weird. Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury. Hold on. Uh -huh. I'm uh I'm okay. going to Amazon and buying this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, great. Fifty nine nine nine. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Uh no, I I already had in my gamefly queue, but this is more interesting than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, I kind of just did not pay that much attention to it when they announced it because I was already like, I don't want to pay 60 bucks for this game again, and then actually seeing what is inside that thing has me way more interested. Yeah. Uh, to the point that I've been debating spending $60 on that thing. Um, I mean, really, I'm, I not really going, I'm not going to get to it anytime soon because um, yeah. the next thing in my list is Persona Strikers. And that takes priority oh, no. over a game I no. already played last generation. Probably a lot of game there, too. Probably. Uh, yeah, other ridiculous predictions for the Nintendo Direct thing. Um, I saw people saying Mario Kart 9. I kind of don't know about that, though. Is that is that one that already it came is... out? No, that's 8 Deluxe. Okay. I mean, it is Joe Biden's favorite game, so maybe eh, they put him in Animal Crossing, maybe they throw him a bone and they make a Mario Kart 9. If you think about it, him playing Mario Kart 9 might prevent us from getting into a fucking war. He'd be too distracted. Joe was already in the previous Mario Kart, though. They called him Dry Bones. Hey. Hey. Got him. I don't know. I I uh, don't even have much energy in trying to predict. Joe so hard now. Camila Harris is president. Camila, because it fucking killed him. Kamala, Camilla, Camille, Jaguar, Gundam, yeah, Jaguar. <laughs> yeah. No, Jaguar. That's how you say it. Jag 
Yeah, Jaguar. Jaggers. Move like Jagger. Now, well, I, don't care I guess, about Larry, Nintendo. you and I will find out what's going on with Nintendo tomorrow. Uh, everyone will know by Thursday when this podcast goes up. But uh, I can't wait to be wrong about absolutely everything. The thing I'm is, sorry, I, Friday. I also Thursday. Thursday's when this goes up. Um, the thing is, I don't care because also tomorrow Microsoft is going to have some sort of announcement. Uh, and the rumored thing for that is that will be enhancements to backwards compatibility stuff, mm. specifically enabling 60 frames per second on games that were not like that were locked at 30. Um, Just enable backwards compatibility with Sonic 2006 so I can buy a new Xbox There I saw someone on Twitter who was like Here's a petition to get Sonic 06 and Shadow the Hedgehog and Sonic Heroes working in backwards compatibility Hell yes I did not click that link I did not send it to you I did not want to (laughs) enable your horrible addiction Um it's but, only an addiction if it causes problems in my everyday life, which it absolutely does not. <laughs> yeah, that's what Dr. <laughs> Drew said. Yeah. I, I, well, technically, I think maybe you have more of a sonic dependency is the issue. Like you have a physical I have gone, need. I have gone months without playing Sonic games sometimes, so I disagree with that. I was thinking about... So, uh, so I'm getting kind of caught up on my list... I was thinking about starting Sonic Adventure, but I'm in the middle of playing Sonic Colors, and maybe that's a little too much Sonic. You kind of have to look at like what the FDA recommends as an average amount of usage of Sonic, and you don't want to go over that, because when you go over that, then you have a problem. We've been over this before. You got to just, you find the line, and then you just tow the line, and you're fine. So, um, yeah, if they do the... Enhancement for backwards compatibility stuff That'd be really really good I hope that's true Who knows if it actually is or not But yeah. I don't I don't know what else it would be And also I just, Every sort of like semi-official source Seems to be kind of dancing around it And implying that is the case So we'll see I just want Sony to announce tomorrow. a conference And for their thing to be Hey we fixed the issue with the disc tray Being loud as shit I don't think that's ever going to happen. I just, I want Sony, please. Well, <laughs> I don't think it. they'll ever fix it being loud. They could fix it spinning the disc up every now and then for no apparent yeah. reason. I mean, that's what I mean. If it doesn't, like, when I start a game up, then fine, whatever. Like, that, okay. I just don't want to doing it every hour on the hour. Yeah. Even when I'm playing a, a digitally downloaded game and I just still have a disc in there and it starts whirring up and I remember, oh, right, I'm playing Control, but Hitman 3 is still inside the console. Yep. Ugh. Wow. I hope that, uh, I hope that Microsoft announces that too. Oh, hey, Ratchet and Clank also see what they do. in news. Oh, yeah. That got a date. Yeah. Well, it's within the launch window, uh, which, <laughs> as we know, extends to July. Yeah. Actually, June. Launch windows are June. I'm sorry. Launch windows are like what, uh, seven, eight months long. Yeah. Uh, well, first year of a console's life year, span yeah. is yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. That's why when we do our failure to launch streams, I do all the games released within the first year of a console launch. Because <laughs> that's yeah. how that works. That way we can play every game released for the 3DO instead of one. <laughs> Careful. 
Because if that's what you want, we will absolutely end up playing all the 32X games. No, I don't. Because I'm I'm relatively certain that they didn't release a single new 32X game outside of the first year of that thing being on the market. Uh, yeah, that sounds likely. Like, maybe they did, but I just find that very hard to believe. Uh, you can look it up for me. I, I'm curious, nope, actually. I'm why, not going why don't to. You... Please do, while I segue into talking about Control. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> uh, so I have now finished Control. Uh, I enjoyed it Wait, a whole how, lot. How am I going to look this up? They just look up like a list of 32X games and yeah, then but I'm check going the to dates. have to... Okay. All right, fine, whatever. I'll do that after the podcast right, and I'll wait. find out. Here, no, I'm looking at it. The 32X came out on... It was unveiled June 1994. When was it actually released? Give it, it was released me. in November 94, November okay. 21st. Okay, let's see. January 95, January 95. A lot of these release dates have NA next to them. Um, Perfect. I All this not... stuff was super well documented back then. Yeah, I don't see any for 96, so I think you're right. All right, awesome. Uh, yeah, that has actually been a problem with doing the launch streams is a lot of that, like, game release dates back then were not well documented at all, and it gets worse the further back you get. Uh, so there's been some cases where, like, I know when the console came out, but I don't know what released on it because nobody bothered to write it down. Yep. Um. Uh, yeah. Night Trap was with, on uh, the 32X <laughs> Okay What enhancements oh. did they make If you created the Tower of Genesis Well apparently it required the Sega CD Anyway so I'm not really sure what yeah. the point Of the 32X is I don't know I don't maybe it was Did it require a Sega CD Version of the game or just that a Sega CD Was attached Uh Oh, I'm so I mean, under platforms, it lists Sega CD, 32X, 3DO, okay. MS-DOS, macOS, Windows, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Vita. That game came out on way too many systems. Uh, yeah. For for what that is. Uh, so I finished Control. I I beat the whole thing. Uh, I picked up the majority of the documents. Apparently, I, I got damn near eighty percent of them, just kind of running through the game and picking stuff up when I saw it. Yeah, uh, they don't like stash them in weird places most of the time. Oh, thankfully. Um, although I did get to the DLC before finding out that I guess there's walls that you can like break down and get into hidden areas, like in a Metroid. Yep. So. I'm sure I'm like missing stuff behind some of those. So I, before you get into this, I have not played the DLC. Okay. So keep that. You mind want my recommendation? Uh, well, so I played some of the foundation and thought this mm -hmm. sucks, and then did not play yeah. anymore. Yep, uh, but, I got to the point where. But I thought a uh, Alan Wake experience seemed interesting, so I want to play that uh, in this PlayStation version. So I'll get into some of that stuff, but I will try to avoid anything spoilery, specifically about the Alan Wake things. I know that's what you care about. Yeah. Uh, the foundation, I also only got to a certain point, and then like you, I bounced off of it. I just, oh, you just I do not care to come just back didn't to that. finish it? I didn't finish the foundation. I didn't know if you I, had I got to, to get the through point. it. Well, I guess no, you wouldn't have to because they could sell them separately, so yeah. It's, uh, it's a post-game thing. I know. So like when I finished the game, and, and by the way, spoilers for Control. When you finish the game and Jesse is the director, 
you get the call. Uh, the the board wants to meet with you. Something's going on in the foundations. You got to get down there. So I got down there. Uh, I got to the point where they offer you the choice between the two different uh, weapon mods. Uh, one of them is you can create platforms, mm-hmm. and the other one is it lets you break apart those platforms that already like exist in that map. Yeah. Apparently, you get both of the upgrades anyway. Yep, you do. It just yeah, you you basically it's kind of like a, a Metroid esque area more so than the rest of the stuff. Yeah, and so that choice is just determining which direction you branch off in at the start of that DLC. Yeah, and I thought that so was interesting. One... It was just that most of that DLC was just like combat rooms, and yeah. not like it all just looked the same. It was just like more mines and occasional astral plane stuff, which that was kind of yeah. neat how it blended the astral plane stuff into sort of the rest of the world. Um, but. Most of it, it was just like it was a disappointment, especially because with the name, I thought it was going to be very Ati centric and have a lot of stuff related yeah. to him, and it, it wasn't like the big obelisk thing in the middle was kind of neat. But yeah. well, as soon as they were telling me I had to go down to where Ati, uh, the place Ati calls home, his vacation home. foundation, yeah, uh, I was getting excited, and then when I actually went in there, it was just a bunch of mines. I was kind of like, eh, yeah, not, not as into this, um. But yeah, I got the one also, that lets you destroy platforms. Also, it looks like um, that planet from the Last Jedi, with the salt. Oh, crate! Yeah, yeah. red velvet. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse picking some of it up and putting it on her tongue, going like, "Ah, rust." Yeah, and then needing a fucking tetanus shot. Because mm. uh, that—that is a bit that I liked about that is you find like an audio tape earlier on. Or no, no, not an audio tape. I'm sorry. It's just a regular document, um, and it's explaining that like all the the red powder in there is rust, and everybody has been breathing it in the entire time that they're working down there. Yep. Because uh, they they do not care about worker safety, especially not at that point in time. Because this is uh, the stuff you're finding is is very very old. It's probably some of the oldest documentation that you find in the game. Uh, you know, relative to its lore. But I got the gun that lets you destroy uh, those platforms as, like, crystalline structures. And I got to a point in the tutorial for it where there's, like, three enemies and they're standing near platforms. And it's like, okay, lure the enemies onto the platforms and then destroy them to drop them into a pit. And the AI broke. And so it would go onto the platform for two of them. And then the first one, it refused to go onto the platform. And nothing I did could get him to go over there. So I had to die. And then that reset me to before you even make the choice of which weapon to get. And I said, okay, fuck this. And I shut the console off and cool. I will not be coming back to the foundation. <laughs> and I just, I do not care at that point. I'm not doing that again. Uh, that has happened enough in control where I have died and it sends me way the fuck back. So, it makes me redo combat encounters. And I kind of hate that. So shit. that's interesting to me because I had heard that they changed the, uh, the checkpoints to make them much more generous than they used to be because that was no absolutely a huge well it still might be better than it was originally because it was really bad when that game came out i died several times during the hadron encounter uh which is you you mm. go into this area and there is this large device in the middle of the room and you have to shut off these beams that are shooting into it and as you shut them off it rises further and further into the air and as it rises into the air uh, parts of the level start to grow out of the ground and you have to hover onto them and each one has a different combat encounter and another laser shut off. So my problem with that is I began to die during that sequence and it 
first of all, sent me back to a control point that was way the hell away. So I'd have to run all the way back. And then I'd have to very slowly levitate back up to the platform that I was on to get back to the combat encounter that is like still in progress. So that got really frustrating. So, uh, But there were other points in the game where it would send me back and I would have to redo combat encounters that I had already cleared to get back to the point where I died. So most of the time I didn't really die much in the game except for one, which was the uh, the fight against a mirror Jesse. And if you died on that encounter originally, it would send you all the way back to before you even went in the mirror world, and you would have to do the whole puzzle like with the shifting things up and down again uh. and go through all of that just to get back to the fight. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, somewhat similar thing happened to me with the uh, fridge monster. I mean, oh, you don't former. have to go back and redo. Yeah, you don't have to go do a whole puzzle, but you have to keep like running back into the room and like waiting for the guy to get sucked up by the fridge. And so it just kind of feels like it's wasting your time going through this little cutscene that you don't need to keep seeing over and over. Hmm. Like the thing that caused me to keep dying on that boss was trying to focus on damaging the boss and sort of losing sight of where the holes were that it punched into the ground. Oh, so I just okay. kept running into holes and and dying immediately. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um. Yeah, there's there's been there's some bad checkpointing in that game. I talked last week about how I think the uh, the, the waypoints are not good. I stand by that. Uh, there's yeah. been a lot of times where I've seen deals, not DLC, uh, side missions, where I was like, "Oh, this is interesting. I want to actually do this," and then it just vaguely points me in a direction, and I keep going over there, and I can't find what I'm supposed to do. And so I would just hmm. give up on the side stuff. That happened with the jukebox. Where it's just like, hey, you can use these tokens for the jukebox. Uh, it's in this room. It was not in the room. I couldn't find it. So I gave up. Huh? I It put the waypoint as like that main room inside the executive suite. When no, I had it's that below highlighted. That. Like where you're at. How the fuck am I supposed to know? The map doesn't tell me that there's something below. It just points to the room because there's no, I can't look at the fucking levels. I know, but also if you like look <sighs> at it and you think it's not here, then you might think, oh, it must be above or below me. Um, I and couldn't also... remember that there was anything actually below that room, though, is the thing. Yeah, there's like. It's um... like at a certain point, you don't really need to keep going back there. No, but also it's right next to the main control point that you keep having to go back to. So I would think that you would have seen it at some point. Because it's, it's behind some uh, metal detectors. It doesn't matter, though, anyway, because that stuff is just combat challenges. Like, that's just a way oh, to get okay. extra weapon mods. Well, then I guess I dodged a bullet by giving up on looking for that. Though. Yeah, that, it, it's just like procedurally generated levels to get extra mods and stuff. And but that's, not that's still the thing I'm talking about, though. If it's in the same room, like, I don't like just having the objective like marker being in the middle of the room like let me at least hit a button and it will go highlight the object in the room if i'm really just struggling to figure out exactly where it is yeah like that's just a thing a lot of video games do maybe i'm spoiled on it but i i still would prefer that the game would give me that like throw me a bone man yeah i agree uh, like the check the waypointing stuff in that game was always the worst yeah. part about it yeah. So anyway, I did not finish the foundation. Uh, since I guess we've already started talking about the DLC, I'll briefly talk about the Alan Wake stuff. Um, hey, there's more Alan Wake stuff in this game, Larry. Woo! Yeah! They brought him back! I mean, there was already uh, quite all... a bit in the main game, anyway. Yes. 
all the story stuff about Alan Wake is really, really good and it's really interesting and I like it a whole lot. The actual bits where you have to play that level are awful, just like Alan Wake. How dare you? It is is faithful to the Alan Wake experience. What if I told you that there are like shadow enemies and blobs and you have to pick up flashlights and shine them on it because it's just fucking Alan Wake. Great. I'm excited. All it is. Um, now, my, my specific issue with that location of the game is there is a lot of just we're reusing, like, of course, they are reusing assets from other parts of control, but there are bits where, like, they have the turntables from that one level. I'm blanking on where that occurs. Like, what yeah, sector that's in. I know what you mean. They You have to do the turntable thing, like, three times in the Alan Wake DLC. Hmm. They're just like, well, we got this room. It's made. We can just plop it onto the map. So let's do that three times and let's make every single one of them a really long co- combat encounter. And it, it's not good. There's too much of that. It feels like they understood that this is DLC and that it would need to be lengthier than a typical sector in the game would be. And so they just put a lot of fluff in there and none of it is particularly good. Uh, there's like five boss encounters in that thing, and like four of them are fine. It's the same boss, you just encounter him in different areas, but the last one is miserable because it does the like Souls Sekiro thing of you think you killed the boss, and uh oh, now he has a second health bar. Uh, but he keeps regenerating that health bar. Cool. And he regenerates okay. it fast. Tell me this though. Is it like Alan Wake where the DLC is like the actual ending? Uh, ending relative for Control or ending relative for Alan Wake? Well, either, I guess. But, I mean, like the actual, like the ending of the main game for Control is kind of underwhelming. And kind of yes. like it was in Alan Wake. And so I wondered if it was a similar thing where the DLC actually wraps up everything. So possibly in the foundation, I don't know. Uh, with the Alan Wake stuff, that ended up giving me the prompt for it, like, maybe 75-80% into the game. So I just went and did it. So none of the stuff in the Alan Wake stuff really furthers the main plot of Control. Oh. It's just, hey, there's okay. there's another thing going on in this sector, and it, it requires your attention. Uh, it does, however, give you a lot of, like... It it builds upon the plot of Alan Wake and gives you more of what has happened to Alan and what has happened since that game. Sure. So, like, building upon that, it has a lot of value if you really like Alan Wake. I would say if you have no investment in Alan Wake, you do not care about Alan Wake at all, probably skip that DLC because, again, it's just not that fun to play. And the only value in it for me was the, like documents and recordings and stuff you picked up that shed more light on alan wake and his whereabouts yeah well so Um, like i was saying the whole alan wake thing was already in the main game even before the dlc like there's that whole mm -hmm. fmv bit with him in the panopticon where it's like straight up showing you that his typewriter was an altered object or whatever and he's still in the void or whatever trying to write his way out yeah uh uh, yeah. there's there's good bits in there where you're finding documents that are just like documenting the tractor boss fight and saying that it was an altered object and, and <laughs> stuff like that and sure um 
So that's just pretty good how it kind of goes back and it recontextualizes very specific things that occurred in that game. Well, also the um, the the band, the the Sons of Odin or whatever they are. Yeah, like they they, they come up multiple times yeah. in in documentation in that DLC. Well, and in the um, main game, there's that bit um, that like room with the giant speakers and everything. It plays one of their songs in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, what, how does the song make you feel? Yeah. Circle uh, one of these options, uh, burn out or fade away, and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, there is a good document that is talking about like survive survivors of that incident and and like conducting interviews and like, hey, what's the recommendation? Should we be following these people? Should we be detaining them? And it's just like, well, uh, with Wake, we presume he's dead, and with the Odin twins, they're senile. So whatever, <laughs> and- <laughs> don't worry about them. Don't give them a detail. Isn't there something about Barry also? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um that they interviewed him or something. Yeah. So for for like you, I would say you should go do that stuff because I think that you would get a lot out of it. Oh, I uh, will. But I was thinking the actual I just like, want to replay Alan Wake actually. Yeah. That might be a good thing to do is play that game and then hit up the DLC after sure. that. Um But yeah, so I won't give away the ending of that thing, but I will say it sets up an Alan Wake sequel. Woo! Like almost pretty explicitly, would. they're just like Alan Wake will return. <laughs> I mean, he's coming back. Sam Lake already said that too. Yeah, like that was basically and what they were planning on. Remedy had a very profitable 2020, is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there might be another Alan Wake in the future. Good. Almost definitely, there will be an Al- another Alan Wake in the future. Um. But yeah, so the actual core game of Control, I liked overall. I thought it was really, really good. I'm with you on, I, I think that ending is kind of underwhelming. Um, although I'm glad that they didn't go with some sort of like bullshit twist where like Polaris was actually the bad guy the whole time. I like yeah. they kept her as like a wholly good entity. The the weird thing about that, though, is how it starts with it seeming like it's uh, supposed to be the player. Like almost like uh, Zack yeah. and Deadly Premonition, where then it turns out, oh, that's actually a different thing. Like almost exactly yeah. the same. Um, but well, I was also thinking, like when you when you talk to her brother, he does a lot of stuff of just like Polaris is using you. Yeah, you know, everyone's using you, and so I thought that was setting up like, oh, the hiss is actually more of a good entity, and no. Polaris is bad. Well, like I didn't like I didn't get super invested in that theory, but I thought they were maybe trying to start setting up something like that. Where mm. like I, the I hiss never is still trusted bad, but like that, Polaris like, is another type of bad. I never trusted that Vincent D'Onofrio looking freak in a Hannibal <laughs> cage. Come on. Uh I kept talking to him over and over and he's just telling me about his dreams and eventually I was like, I gotta go do other stuff, man. I don't know. They recorded a lot of shit for you, dude, because I'm like eight dreams deep and you're still giving me new stuff. Yeah. Uh which is like that's a whole that's the thing about control is th- there's a lot in that game. Oh yeah. They they record a tremendous amount of dialogue with characters. If you just want to go talk to somebody, you can spend a while talking to them. There is a lot of side missions. There's a lot of documents that you can just go find in that world. It is impressive to me how much they stacked inside of that thing. Sure. Because it, it feels like just I basically just stuck to the story. You know, I, I did maybe five yeah. or six side missions and that was it. And like that already felt long enough. And oh, yeah. I know that I'm just kind of bad, like, okay, so we got an iceberg, right? 
It's the control <laughs> iceberg. <laughs> Boy. Just at the top of it right now. Uh, maybe skim in the water. Uh, I mean, the thing I... The issue I had with the ending was that if it had ended with the uh, ashtray maze or whatever it's called, that whole mm-hmm. segment, it would have been perfect. Instead, so like, that's another. It it's like that's such a high watermark moment in the game that then after that it's kind of a letdown. That is another part where I died, and yeah. the checkpointing kind of ruined the experience for me because I got to the very last room where you have to fight the floating guys, mm-hmm. and I kind of just lost sight of some of them as they spawned in, and they all came crashing down on me and just wiped my health out completely, and so. That part of the game, for context, you know, if you don't care about spoilers and you made it this far in, but you haven't played Control, you're you're going through kind of like a um, like hotel lobby hallway stuff, but like the walls are folding apart and they're rearranging, and it gets almost kind of like Inception esque in that the room is sort of spinning and manifesting in odd angles. Yeah, and it's, it's... really neat, and you're listening to this like black metal song the entire time. It's on not, Audie's headset It's not quite not, MC Escher But it's kind of in that vein Yeah And and well you're listening to this metal song During it and you're getting pumped up And it feels like oh this is the run to the final area Of the game Like mm-hmm. this is the climax You get all pumped up You have these combat encounters And so I got to the last room and I died And so I had to go back And it doesn't make you do the the whole thing over again but it will like checkpoint you maybe 75% of the way in at that point. And so I still had to redo these combat encounters and all the momentum that I had built up during that was just gone. Like mm. it completely broke the pacing of it for me. I know it's my fault. I died. Yeah. I was going to say like the lesson here is don't suck, I guess. <laughs> yes. But that that is kind of the thing about video games at this point though, is when you start doing these big set piece, things like that, where it is maybe less about the gameplay and more about getting a certain feeling out of the player. When you still make a fail state in there, you're risking completely destroying the intent behind that set piece. Like in a Uncharted game, if you have this big crazy set piece and it, it really, what makes it work is having it flow seamlessly and the player making it through it in one go, when you still have a fail state in there, the next time the player goes through that, it's just going to lose all that impact. Right. The third time that you like swing on a rope into a pirate ship uh, because somebody off-screen blasted you with a rocket launcher, yes. it kind of loses its impact. I was thinking about like the bidden two near the start of the game where like the tower is falling. Mm. You're in that like building, and it's crumbling, and like you still have to shoot dudes. And oh, like you can yeah. risk breaking the flow of that by getting blasted by somebody halfway through, and it's just like, well, this whole like this thing got like my my blood was pumping, and I was all excited, and now it's like I gotta do this shit over again. I don't know that I ever died in that. I I was thinking specifically I don't think I did the end of Uncharted Four, where yeah. you like you do swing on a rope onto a pirate ship, and then there are guys off screen that will explode you. Yeah. Um. I don't think I died during that bit either because it is like very early in the game. But I'm just like as an example, like sure. a lot of games now rely on stuff like that, uh, and this felt like that kind of a moment in Control. But there's still definitely a, a fail point <laughs> in it. You can still die very easily. Uh, that's kind of thing too. Is like I, 
I'm not going to say that I'm super great at control because I'm I'm not, but also I feel like your health just drops out from underneath you really fast in that game. Oh, it does. That's like, true. A lot of the times when I died, it was just like, oh, all the like health pickups, there's just like a heavy enemy or two standing in the middle of that. Yeah. And if I try to go over there and pick any of it up, I will certainly die. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my deaths were in situations like that where just the health I needed was being guarded. So, so why but, you gotta juice up a uh, launch? Ignore everything else. Only throw items. After our conversation, I just banked everything into launch. Yeah, and then uh, tried to get a bunch of energy too. That energy meter takes a while to fill back up. Eh, so usually, if I use it all and then like dump my main weapon ammo, it's recharged by the time I'm out yeah. of ammo. I didn't bother with shield, although maybe I should have considering the problems I had, but I kind of felt like there's I enough cover did. in that game that you don't really need to shield. Yeah. Um, well, also because would be it's more... using energy when you're using it, so there's kind of not much of a point to it. Yeah. There is a power-up on that tree that I never picked up, and I think it was a side thing that, again, I could not figure out where the fuck it wanted me to go. What, it's like what? in the middle of the tree. Is it I, I got all this... I think it's C's, because that doesn't sound like anything that I had. Could you possess enemies? No. Okay, well, that's what it was. Cool. That that's sounds really like that useful. would have been neat. Yeah, because <laughs> I you, couldn't they, find can, it. they can uh, distract enemies and fight them for you. It's really, that's like one of the main abilities I used through that game, actually. It was like a, a film projector, right? No. X-ray light box thing Okay that's what I'm thinking Yeah I I kept seeing that in my missions list And I kept trying to do it and I couldn't figure out Where it was I mean it tells you it's in parapsychology and you would just look at the map And look at the one place you haven't been So that's my issue though Is that area That map is really terrible Because that is a very vertically stacked area And so I couldn't figure out Because it was just boxes laid on top of boxes I was like I have no idea like I couldn't figure out how to get into parapsychology. Like, I, I couldn't. I kept going around that portion of the map, and I couldn't figure out how to get over there. In fact, to the point that I, I ended up falling through levels. a hole, and I ended up in some totally different fucking area with a bunch of mold. That's research. That I That's didn't... not parapsychology. I thought parapsychology is in research, though. I mean, it's a subdivision of it, sure, but, like, you yeah. have a different... Like, you have a waypoint specifically called parapsychology that you would just warp to and be there. I never got that. You like have I, to. You have to go through there to get to Marshall. She's I like in the luck segment. I might have just the waypoint and I didn't activate it. <laughs> I might have just never caught the control point. I think maybe now I'm starting to realize a lot of these issues are just on you. Uh, maybe. Uh, oh, be, whatever. I, I found yeah, the mold okay, area. Do you, do you remember the, the room where you first encounter the guys that are floating around in the chairs like the Scolari brothers and Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> How could I forget? It's there. It's like a room right off to the side of that one. Sucking the gut, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Scalari uh, brothers. I gave you guys a death penalty. I don't know. When I really sat down trying to find that place, too, I was just, like, kind of not really wanting to play the game either. Like, I was just kind of doing it because I was like, well, I got to make more progress in this. Okay. It's early in the morning. I had other stuff I wanted to do. So. Oh, cool. I probably just got more frustrated with it than I should have. But I did fall into the area with the lady researching the mold, and I tried to do that briefly. And those like little turrets that shoot things at you take your health away really quickly, yeah. and I got frustrated with yeah. that, and then I decided not to bother with 
Yeah, that's a place I think you're supposed to go to way later. Um, yeah. And there is like the boss mold thing in there, which I remember when I played that on PC when the game came out. Uh, I killed it at the same time it killed me, and I don't think it ever registered. Perfect. Uh, but it still like would not respawn. I had to use the uh, assist option for the final boss of the Alan Wake DLC, just because okay. it like. I'll explain what the boss fight is. I won't give you any story spoilers. <sighs> you know, it. I played something this week we could get to at some point. Well, I'll talk about this, and then I'll, we'll finish up and move on. Okay. Obviously, the boss is weak to light. So you have a bunch of lights set up in the room, and you need to take those like battery boxes and throw them in, and we'll light stuff up. You do that for like five of them, and the room is completely illuminated, and now it's time to shoot the boss. So you get rid of all his health, and you think you're fine, and then he gets a second health bar. And he stomps the ground, and two battery boxes will randomly fall out, and you need to put them back in. At the same time, two hiss will enter the area and assist the boss, and the boss will start to regenerate his health. So when you're in the darkness, you don't regenerate energy. So if you used up all your energy and you're in the middle of the darkness, you're kind of just fucked now because you got hiss shooting at you, the boss is regenerating its health, and you aren't able to use your movement tech to quickly get over to one of the batteries. In fact, you need to get back into the light, rebuild your energy, so you can even throw the battery to begin with. So if you just kind of set yourself up real poor, you'll get put in a situation where you might have taken, taken the box down to like a third of his health, and he'll regain all of it by the time you're able to get your energy back and the boxes back in. And it sucks. I bet it so, would be pretty useful if you could just possess those two hiss that he brings in. That is why I wanted to talk about this. Because <laughs> like when you brought that's up, that's what that have. power is. Yeah, so when you brought up that's what that power is, I immediately thought, huh, I think maybe that's what they wanted me to do in the final boss of the Alan Wake DLC. That's why the hiss is in that room. Maybe. So, cool. Um, maybe you will have an easier time with that boss than I did. I eventually just kind of hit a wall with it where I was like eight tries deep and I was like, this sucks. I'm just turning on like I can't die and I'm just going to brute force my way through this. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing is it still gives you the trophy. Yeah. Sure. Even if you have cheats on. I would think that they would just disable that. I don't know why they don't, but... I don't know. Anyway. Oh, I yeah. never gave now an there's... update, by the way, that uh, the final achievement in Resident Evil 7 unlocked for me. Even though... Yeah, yeah. Like, Congratulations. Like, for some reason. I don't know why. I had the game uninstalled and then later just checked my achievement list. I was like, oh, I have all of them now. Okay. Yeah. Trophies. Sometimes they're just like, ridiculously busted. So, yeah. what are you going to do about it? Uh, it's just it always sucks when it's like the last thing you got to do, and then it's like, yeah. oh, this didn't pop, and you read online, and people are like, yeah, that trophy's bugged. Yep, it's always a good time. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, d despite the fact that I, you know, there is some stuff I feel is absolutely not my fault. The things with the waypointing, I think that the maps are bad. There are some really grisly checkpoints in that game. There's other stuff that's definitely my fault, like not bothering to sit down and put in the time to unlock a very useful power-up. <laughs> uh, maybe stumbling my way into late-game areas, and despite the fact that it's clearly trying to communicate to me that I should not be fucking around down here, I keep doing it anyway, and then I get frustrated because that's the kind of person I am. 
But that stuff aside, I think Control is still a very good game. The fact that it's free this month is ridiculous. And if yeah. you have PS Plus, you absolutely should pick it up. Uh, beautiful looking game. Like, looks great. I really like the art direction in it. The FMV stuff is all terrific. Control's awesome. I like it a whole lot. So that's my my recommendation. Larry, what have you been playing? Some would say that Control was the second or third best game of 2019. I forget which it was on my list. but well, uh, Not mine, because I didn't play it. I know. <laughs> I played some of East 9 Monstrum Knox, which is the hottest new game in the East series. Is Monstrum Knox a guy, or is it a thing? It is, uh, it's, it's a state of mind. Um, oh. Well, okay, so I'll tell you, the, the actual premise of the game is actually pretty funny. Uh, so the East series, it's kind of like Final Fantasy in that the main plots aren't really related, except they are all about the same main character. Uh, Adol Kristen, uh, he's an adventurer, and he's always getting into wacky mishaps uh, with his friend Dogie. Just like Tommy Wiseau would say Um It's not a real name, you're fucking making that up Oh, D-O-G-I, Dogie You're you're trying to make me think That there's a character named Doggy in this game (laughs) And there's not actually I posted a screenshot of it On Twitter so you can see it Um, Easily doctored It came direct from the (laughs) Playstation You added those Subtitles in Photoshop after the fact So None of this is real So the premise here is that Adel goes to this city um, Balgood or something like that I don't know, who cares <laughs> None of this is real <laughs> You fucking made that up too But the whole the whole thing is that it's a, it's like a They have a mega prison Like the biggest prison <laughs> in the Tri-Island area or whatever you'd Want to call it um, Like they're famous for their prison and you go there, and Adel gets thrown in jail because he's wanted because he goes in, and they're like, you know, this is weird. Uh, you like you're always like near these wars and finding these bizarre like artifacts and legendary swords and awakening ancient evils and stuff, and you're always there. And then also, you always mysteriously lose all of the items before the next time that you're spotted. What's up with that? And so it's like this sort of meta commentary on how weird it is that Adel just happens to be near all of these events. Uh, and of course that like looks suspicious. For the, do they give an explanation for the lost items? Like he's just like, I no. sold them? No. Oh, damn. I I think I'm it's always, curious. it's kind of just like a Metroid type thing. Where just like, <laughs> well, they also it's... say like, you know, you ha- you have like a weird tendency to be in shipwrecks. Like you've been in eight shipwrecks in the past two years or whatever, and you have responses of something like, "No, I re- never really thought about it, but yeah, I guess so. I guess I'm just unlucky." Um, just like Harrison Ford, man, just keep ending up at these plane wrecks all uh, the time. It's well, kind of weird. What's going on with that? Joseph Joestar, but yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joseph Joestar is nothing if not the anime version of Harrison Ford with the True. amount of times that he crashes his plane. True. Um, yeah, I was kind of thinking that, like, okay, so at the end of the game, he's got, like, his, you know, the best armor and all this stuff, all these artifacts on him, and it's like that bit from Bill and Ted where, like, he falls down the stairs and he falls out of his armor, but, like, <laughs> yeah. the armor is perfectly preserved. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, hey, Adol, what happened to all your artifacts and items? He's just like, I fell out of my suit, dude. <laughs> well, also, the thing is, the games are, like, out of order. I think this takes place before 8. Um, mm. Because the... So it's all a, the... a Fast and the Furious kind of thing going yes, on where... it is. Okay. Um, also, well, the main conceit for the games <laughs> is that they're supposed to be Adol's, like, diaries. And so this is him actually, like... Telling the story of this adventure Adel and um, Doggy jumping A Lamborghini between two prison Towers <laughs> Yeah <laughs> uh, Sorry Yeah well, well it's also It's kind of Monkey Island like In the way that they'll ask for his Occupation and he just says adventurer but like, How it's is this very like A hundred guy- different things I enjoy and I've never Played it I don't know I mean it's an action RPG is kind of like Kingdom Hearts If it was good Oh. Um. Mm. Uh, there's a busty lady named Raging Bull in it. Um. So there's has that. everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so the plot here is Adel gets thrown in prison. He goes to escape, and while he's on his way out, a mysterious lady with the fake arm and leg is like, "I'm gonna shoot you with this juice that'll turn you into a monstrum." Uh, and so she does, and then he becomes a quote monstrum, which I'm not sure exactly what that is yet. They haven't really explained it, except well, it's an ox. Well, no, so not okay. I'll get to that. You get All out right. of the prison. Okay, okay. You find out there are a bunch of other monstrums that she's created, uh, and they are of varying degrees okay with it, because the issue is that there's like this curse, which would be the Nox, the Knight in this other dimension or whatever. And the monstrums are there to defend it and defend these like giant. You have these battle segments where it'll spawn a bunch of enemies, and you and the other monstrums like fight them off to protect this crystal. Um, and so that's basically the main plot: is you're trying to get rid of this curse that's surrounded the city. You can't leave it because of this curse, um, and you need to get rid of the Nox and. I assume restore everyone to their non-monstrum forms. So what a that's, terrible night for a Nox. Yeah, what a terrible Nox for a curse. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's basically it. I haven't gotten super far into it, but gameplay-wise, it seems very similar to East Eight, which is fine mm. with me because I liked East Eight. Never play like the original East, no. the, the really old ones. Nope. Okay, I've I've fucked around in some of those. Uh, but I've not played any of the newer ones. Yeah, I can't say I've gotten deep into Falcom's particular brand of garbage, um, because like the the Trail of Heroes stuff is so many games deep that I have no idea which series to even start with or what the first one is. They never get cheap enough either to me, like to be like, oh, I can throw five dollars at this and see what it is. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Well, I have emulated some of the original Yeast games and, and kind of popped into them, but it's a typical like pop into thing where it's like, oh, I got this file, I'm going to check it out for five minutes. Oh yeah, this is an RPG, and then I shut it off. Yeah, the new ones, um, I don't think, have any... They don't share much DNA with the old ones, yeah, from what I, I understand. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, by this point. Other than uh, Ab- Abdol is... Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if Adol is actually in... Adel. All of them I think maybe the first couple he wasn't It was like at some point He just sort of became the recurring main character I'm not sure I think he's in the original ones so It sounds familiar from like stuff that I've I don't know And we have to go back and check But 
Yeah. Huh? So you liking it though? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, that and I've been putting more time into Yakuza Seven. Yeah, uh, and that's also good. Can't wait but... for that to be free with PS Plus next month. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, it would. Uh, I I'm still keeping an eye out on that PlayStation Four version for it to drop in price. Uh, well, but I then they bought it. They got an like PS Five version. I know. This is upsetting to me because I have a problem where I need all my cases to look just just right. It's a PlayStation Five game. I need the PlayStation Five case. Yeah. Well, also uh, like that's that way you would actually have the game on the disc. To be fair. No. I imagine that will well okay. I imagine that will also drop in price pretty quickly. Oh, and yeah. I don't mind waiting a while because I'm still like kind of not in the right place for an RPG just yet. And I kinda wonder if at the start of March I I really will be. So I'm not well, sure. You also have to make sure you have plenty of time for Persona Strikers. No. Because I'm yeah. not buying that. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, Come not on. buying Persona Strikers. Here's here's my problem is I really like RPGs. I like them more than you. I finish them a lot more regularly than you do. Uh, and maybe it has more much. to do with the fact that I hate myself, if anything. But so I on my list is both of the Persona 2 games. So I still need to get to those. Uh, that Nocturne HD game is, is coming out. And I really want to play that. And then there's Persona 5. And then there's Like a Dragon. So there's a lot of RPGs on the horizon. And I'm getting really worried to get, about getting burnt out on them, like by the time they come out, because I already feel kind of burnt out by them. Like I'm, I'm worried about getting Nocturne in my hands and being like, ah, I don't know if I'm really feeling like this right now. And then it sits on the shelf for a few months. Yeah. So, I could wait on like a dragon, is what I'm saying, for it to drop in price. That probably would be good for me, considering I'm much more likely to buy Nocturne and Five as soon as it comes out, because I'm already like that invested in Shin Megami Tensei. So Okay. I'm invested in SMT, I think the way you're invested in Yakuza is what I'm saying. Yeah. Retro corner. Yeah, but... So I've been playing Nocturne. No, um I'm playing the original version before the HD one comes out because I'm a maniac. Uh no, I have played a series of Mickey Mouse games. Maniacs was a different thing. Wasn't that was that Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne Maniacs? Was that like the Japanese like ultra version or something? Yeah, but I think that's the one that we got. I yeah. think our version is the Maniacs version because it had Dante and uh, yes, uh, Al Almala. Because only Maniacs love Dante. Yes, I mean that's just true. Now you got to buy Dante. Now you have to buy him as DLC. It's messed up. Fucked up what they did. Although I think I'll I will go without doing that because uh the, the alternative is um oh what's his name? Murado Kuzanoha. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh look if I'm replaying Nocturne, I might as well play it with the stuff I didn't experience the first time. So maybe I go without Dante this time around. Um which is my way of saying I'll beat the game without Dante, and then when I beat the game I will buy Dante just so I know I have it complete, and then I will never play it again. Uh, but no, my retro corner, I played a bunch of Mickey Mouse games because I'm a real Mickey Mouse motherfucker. Uh, I played Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse, The Great Circus Mystery starring Mickey and Minnie, 
and Mickey Mania, uh, which is, of course, uh, a game by Christian Whitehead, was released within the last few years as a sort of revival of Mickey Mouse. Uh, you know, I've played all those two of games. these. Missed the mark. Which ones have you played? Uh, Great Circus Mystery and Mickey Mania. I don't think okay. I played a Magical Quest. What if I told you that by playing Great Circus Mystery, you have played Magical Quest? <laughs> yeah, I am aware. Okay, <laughs> they are the same game. Uh, so back in the day, I have a very specific memory of Magical Quest but I got it wrong when I was talking to you. So I was trying to explain to you a few days ago that the way that I enjoyed these games back in the day was I always played Great Circus Mystery on the Super Nintendo, which was weird because I played Magical Quest on the Genesis. But now I'm starting to think Magical Quest didn't come out on the Sega Genesis, and I'm pretty sure I also played that on the Super Nintendo. Okay. I'm trying to piece it together. Like I just, My memory is really fuzzy. I but I do I played... remember one... I played Circus Mystery mm -hmm. on SNES, both of them, actually, that and Mickey Mania, or yeah. SNES. I definitely, I definitely played Mickey Mania on the Genesis because I had the cart. Uh, my, my mom is cleaning out her garage, and I specifically told her, if you find old video game stuff, send it to me. So I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping my Mickey Mania and my Road Rash cartridges are still in there, uh, as well as my spare Genesis controller because my current one doesn't work. But anyway... Uh, the one thing I do remember crystal clear about this, though, is being at the video store where I picked it up. And since it was for the SNES, it must have been a case where we had rented an SNES at that point in time, which is a thing I have brought up in the past. But we also rented that um, on VHS, that like PSA cartoon about not smoking that had Slimer in it. Because I remember <laughs> seeing on the cover that it had Slimer. And I was like, Mom, I want to see that it's got Slimer in it. Yeah. And it was this weird fucking thing about not smoking. <laughs> so okay. my memory of both of these Mickey Mouse games is intrinsically linked to the anti-smoking cartoon with Slimer. Uh, Fantastic. All I fucking thought about as I was replaying that game. Uh, and, and both of these, I never got very far originally. Like I only played around maybe the first couple levels in both of them. And so that's like specifically what I'm nostalgic for. The, the rest of it, not so much. But I think they hold up, and I think they're cute little games. They are very easy, of course, because they are made for babies, yeah. like me. Uh, and so I, I threw them both on hard mode, and they still felt incredibly easy. So if you are an adult with some video game experience and you want to go back and play these, I would recommend putting it in hard mode. Um, yeah, even when I was a kid, I had no issue. Well, I guess that's not really yeah. saying much, though, because a lot of the games I played as a kid were way harder than anything now. Yes, that that is true. Uh, so the the way that these games are kind of structured is that Mickey gets different outfits, and different outfits give him powers. Uh, like in in the second game, you have like kind of an explorer outfit that gives you a hook blade. It's a hook and a blade. I mean, it's just like Yakuza Seven. You get Ichiban in a different outfit, and now he can do breakdance moves. Yeah. Ooh, a breakdance Mickey would have been great for this game. They didn't have that, though. Yeah. Uh, the first game has a firefighter Mickey, and firefighter Mickey can spray his hose, and it will kind of, like, move platforms into different positions. And so, like, the stuff that they, they do with those outfits, uh, they, they don't just feed into, like, combat, but they feed into, like, level progression in neat little fun ways that never get like too complicated 
because again, it's a it's a game for children. Uh, but I think that stuff is neat. I I, I like that a lot. Uh, they made a third one of these games, and it never came out here originally. It eventually did for like the Game Boy Advance. Huh. Uh, but it was like a Super Nintendo game, and it was with Mickey and Donald, and okay. that was like Japan only. Um, and the, the first Magical Quest is, is just Mickey, but the second one they leaned more into co-op because you have Minnie as as well, so you can, you know. And I, I unfortunately didn't get to play the game with both characters, which is something I like to try to do with these games uh, when there is like a co-op mode. Um, so I don't know if it like substantially changes anything in the way that like. The um, the, oh god, why I'm bl- what is the name platforming? of platforming? No, the world game with Donald and Mickey Quackshot. Sure, <laughs> Quackshot. What are you talking the world game with Donald and Mickey? Uh, it's a Genesis game. You have Donald and Mickey. It is uh, you have like the cape that you attack with. The whole thing about that was if you played in co-op, it is structured almost completely differently, and level progression is altered in a way that is so significant it is like playing a second campaign. Oh, okay. We we talked about it before, and like another thing that was neat about that was even just playing between Donald or oh, Mickey was altered that cast, the campaign Castle as well. of Illusion. No, um, World of Illusion. World of Illusion. Because it's part of that series. Yeah. That's, yeah, I kept wanting to say, like, Magical World for some, because I'm thinking about these other games that are in the Magical yeah. series. Because um, in Japan, they were all Magical Quest. I, I think that, like, Great Circus Mystery was a subtitle for the second one, but here they had named it completely different, but they're still very much, like, the same game. Uh, really, that is maybe the one, like, detrimental aspect is that there's really not much significantly changed between magical quest and great circus mystery they are nearly identical it is almost like great circus mystery is a level pack for the original game and that's fine because they're both good but it's like i said at the start of this if you played one you played the other uh and so if you don't happen to like one you don't need to play the other um unlike mickey mania which is a very different game uh, which you said you played that on the SNES. I always played that on the Genesis. And as far as um, I'm concerned, because it's a Traveler's Tales game, the Genesis version is the definitive version. Uh, and talking about Great Circus Mystery being easy, Mickey Mania is the exact opposite. Mickey Mania is a motherfucker. Yes, it is. Mickey Mania is a game for grown-ass men <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> Holy shit, Mickey Mania. I've rented uh, it a I, bunch, and I don't know that I ever got that far in it. It's amazing, because, like, the first level, Steamboat Willie, is incredibly easy, and then you get yeah. to, like, the second level, and the second level is already that's, just, like, ratcheted the difficulty up by, like, five times. That's the castle one, right? It's the one with the skeletons. It's the mad scientist yes. castle, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, when I say that's the castle one, uh, it's the one with the skeletons? <laughs> uh, mad scientist? Yeah, well, it's I, a castle. So no, here's here's my bad brain problem. Is there's an, a later level where it is a haunted house with ghosts, and oh, so okay. I keep thinking like I keep kind of merging the two of them together in my brain because there is like I remember like a one up hidden in the basement of the haunted house, and I kept thinking that was in the mad scientist castle, and so I kept trying to figure out how to get into like this different screen, and then ended up looking it up online. It was just like oh wait, those are two totally different levels. Like, I thought you go to the basement and then the ghosts show up in the basement, but they're not in any other part of it. So it's just this weird, some synapses in my brain are fried and I keep getting them crossed together. 
Cool. Um, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I need to see a neurologist about that and sit down and be like, Doctor, I keep getting these two levels in Mickey Mania confused. I think <laughs> I need an MRI. Um, yeah, so like the the way that this game is structured is it's kind of just like uh, each level is based on an old Mickey Mouse cartoon and they give you like the date that the cartoon came out. And so of course the first one's Steamboat Willie because it's the first Mickey Mouse cartoon. Uh, and the thing I always thought was weird about this game is it starts with Steamboat Willie, which was like 1927. And then it goes through cartoons up to 1947. And then it skips straight to the 1990s. Mm-hmm. So like all all this 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s Mickey Mouse can get fucked. There's none of that in this game. I mean, nobody really remembers any of that stuff anyway. Me either. Uh, like when I played through this last night, I was trying to think about what you could even put in those levels. Like if you did it decade by decade, and I couldn't think of any like noteworthy Mickey Mouse cartoons between the 40s and the 90s. Uh, and I'm not super brushed up on my history of Disney. I don't know if it is, in fact, that they weren't really doing much with Mickey in that gap of time, and the 90s was kind of like a resurgence for the character, or what? I think that is the case, actually. Um, okay. Late 80s, maybe. But did you ever play that Bugs Bunny game? Um, I don't remember what it was called, but it, it was kind of a similar concept, where it was like uh, vaguely know what you're talking Bugs about. Bunny ones, like... There was one level that was like a bullfight arena. Um, mm. uh, there was like one in the snow. There, there was one in the uh, the castle with Gossamer, like chasing you around and stuff. Oh, you mean a ghost house? Yeah, ghost house. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, it, like Mickey no, Mania kind of reminds me of that, except that one had like almost adventure game elements in it, where you would have items you would need to put at different. Places I think if you put mm. them in the wrong spot Then you were completely screwed uh, No I, I it, only it was kind of Buster like, Bus But now that's a game um, Yeah But also it reminds me of that Scooby Doo game For the Super Nintendo Where you would have to place the items Like put the, the wagon here So the monster slips oh, on it And falls over all. here um, huh. Anyway That's no, my reminiscence about cartoon games. games For the Super Nintendo <laughs> I only ever played Mickey Mania. Um, yeah, Mickey Mania gets incredibly difficult real fast. That Steamboat Willie level is very straightforward to the point that like most of the enemies on that level aren't like actual like typical level enemies. They're more just obstacles that you need to figure out how to get past, like plugging the uh, goat's mouth up with the um, with the cork from the bottle. Uh, but then you get to that castle, and then yeah, you stomp on a skeleton and it blows up in a million pieces that bounce all around the level and you have to be very careful to not get hit by them because also you don't really have iframes so you can just continually get hit over and over and over again if you are still in harm's way uh that's fucked up um but man they they had like some cool scrolling stuff in that game like the tower that would rotate and you'd have to like climb down or up it and then they had like the one where the moose chases you and he's like chasing you on a cylinder sort of thing, like the way that the level wraps. Like that stuff is really neat. Like that yeah. was really impressive back in the day. Uh, watched a video before doing this about how that stuff got made uh, because it's, you know, kind of that, that guy, the traveler's tale guy has a YouTube channel where he gets into that stuff. Um, and that was one of them, but yeah, like that stuff was really neat. Like I remember that blowing my mind as a kid, uh, especially on the Genesis where you didn't have mode seven. 
So when they did that like faux 3D stuff, it looked really cool. Uh, so it did not happen as often. Um, but yeah, I beat it. Finally. I think this is the first time I actually, I, I've actually beaten the game. Um, that last level to, was a uh, son of a bitch. have to abuse save states, I'm guessing. To a degree. Yeah, I did save states at the start of levels. So I can just quickly go back to them in case I gamed over. The sure, one where I really I had to... Yeah, the, well, the one where I really had to start using them was the Prince and the Pauper level, where I started doing it like... Uh, the way that Mickey Mania kind of structures itself is you have worlds and then multiple levels within those worlds, but they don't like cut and say, hey, you finished level like 2-1. Now you're moving on to 2-2. It's that you finish a screen, it goes to dark, it cuts back in, the music's still playing, you're in a new area, and that's like 2-2 two, two now. Uh, so in The Prince and the Popper, whenever it did that, I made a save state, because that level gets really, really, really tough. Mm -hmm. um, just a lot of enemies, they're all throwing shit at you, they all take multiple hits to die. There's that one where, like... Did you ever, like, level skip and play at the last level, actually? Yeah, yeah I, okay. I used, like, cheats to see all the levels, because I remember The Prince and the Popper one, but I don't know that yeah. I ever got past, like, the... I don't know that I got past the uh, castle one. I, as a kid, I was able to get to the beanstalk level, which is like the penultimate yes. level on my own. Oh, well, maybe I didn't get to that legitimately, but I remember the beanstalk level. I must have just yeah. used level select stuff. <laughs> it's funny because the beanstalk level is weirdly easy. Like, mm. the game, for whatever reason, ratchets, it's, it sets the difficulty back for that one level, and then it goes completely insane for the last one. But I was able to, like, eventually just learning the game and really spending time with it get to the Beanstalk level, but I can never beat the Prince and the Pauper one. Uh, and I also used cheats to try to just get back there and try to get through it, and I never could. Specifically, the hardest bit about that is this uh, vertically scrolling level where you have to keep jumping left and right on platforms, and on just about every platform is an enemy you need to kill in order to get onto the platform safely. And while all this is happening there's fire coming up at you and it comes at you really fucking fast. So you need to be like very precise and perfect with each jump and each enemy you defeat in order to get past that thing. And I can never get past that as a kid. And as an adult, I had to keep making save states during it because I could fucking not. It's cool. really, really, really tough. Like that is a, I can't believe they thought that was okay to put in a game that was ostensibly for children. Like, even back then when games were harder, that was ridiculous. I mean, it's for children who are sad adults. Just like yeah. today. Well, I was a kid back then, I'm a sad adult now, and that's why I finally beat Mickey Mania. Exactly. <laughs> I've matured into the kind of beast they wanted me to be for the Prince and the Pauper level specifically. Yeah. I was finally able to get through it. Uh, but yeah, like unfortunately, I, I kind of had to rely on some save states in the later part of that game because it it's just it. Mickey Mania is a really tough game. Uh, but finally, I got that monkey off my back. Like since I was a kid, I wanted to see the end of Mickey Mania, and the reason I wanted to see the end of it so bad was because of how hard it was back in the day. It was like one of those things that like I'm not going to let this game beat me. Yeah. It you wasn't even that I was win. that that and yeah. Don't I let wasn't David sitting Jeffy there thinking win. like. <laughs> that's right david jaffe worked on this game uh it wasn't even one of those things where i was just like i i need to finish this i need to find out what happens at the end of the story does minky beat pete 
it wasn't one of those kind of things at all. It was just, I need to beat this very hard game because I'm tired of the game beating me. Um, so I'm glad that I finally did that. So uh, I think it would be fair to rate all these games on a scale of our favorite Mickey Mouse cartoons. Um, so I would say that Magical Quest is a lot like that Mickey Mouse cartoon where um, there's like a, a doctor and there's skeletons, and I think it takes place inside of a castle. It's called the Mad Doctor. Uh, where I would rate that one. Uh, Great Circus Mystery. It's a lot like Prince and the Popper for me. And then uh, Mickey Mania is like a documentary about how bad Walt Disney was as a person and how he was really anti-Semitic and really hated unions and busted them up. Okay. Thanks, Walt. Ch change the industry. Yeah. How would you yeah, rate yeah. them? Uh, I well, I didn't play. Maybe, it, maybe I actually did play the first Magical Quest, but I don't really remember it. I just remember Circus Mystery. Um, yeah, rated anyway. Who cares? Yeah, sure. Uh, six out of ten, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Circus Mystery, I'd give a solid eight. Uh, I liked it a lot back in the day. Played it a lot. Good times. Cute. Good sprites. Is that the guy? Yeah, he juggles the fire. That's something I didn't mention about any of these that I kind of want to bring up before we head out of here, but the graphics in all these is incredibly charming. Like, there's, mm -hmm. it's very colorful and fun and cartoony in those Magical Quest games, but, like, Mickey Mania in particular looks ridiculously good. And oh, it's yeah. because they did the same stuff they did with Aladdin, where it was just we had animators sit down and draw stuff out and then we turned those into sprites and so like the animation in that game is incredibly fluid and it has a lot of personality sprites are big big oh, it's a good looking game yeah uh making mania i'd give probably uh four i guess <laughs> damn i like making mania a lot but i think it's entirely to do with just looked good nostalgia. not fun yeah, I think if I didn't put as much time into it as I did as a kid, I probably would really not like it. Um, I mean, I put a lot of time into it as a kid. Still don't like it. Yeah, well... I don't know. I will always have a soft spot for Mickey Mania, no matter go, what happens. Look, on Fridays, I go to the video store to rent a game for the weekend. Sometimes it's Mickey Mania, sometimes it's Paperboy for the Super Nintendo... You just get whatever you got. Looks at you and goes like, "Kid, stop doing this to yourself." You get you what they help. have at the moment. They don't always have Mega Man X available, so you have to get something. Do you coming up to your mom and just handing her a card and being like, "Hey, look, my brother's a child psychologist, and I noticed your kid keeps renting Mickey Mania, and I just, I think you need <laughs> this." Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well. Next week, I will have a, a whole slew of other games. Hopefully, it'll be uh, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus, if I can get those done in time. I, I think I'll get Eco done today, probably. Shadow of the, the Colossus. I'd... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Although, honestly, between Echo and Eco, I'm not sure which game I actually like more. Oh, I would absolutely go with Eco over Echo. <sighs> probably, yeah. I still don't like Eco, they're both, but... They're, they're both not fun. We'll get into it more in the near future. So until then, goodbye, dinosaurs. Mm -hmm.